Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, uh, and joined this week uh, by another RBM staff writer, uh, Pat Marabo. Pat, you were in Florida. We're going to get into that. We've got the Everton season coming up. We've got um, you know the first South first game of the season is. Uh, we're recording Monday, August 9th. So the first game of the season is this coming weekend, Saturday, August um, 13th, I think it is. Um, but we're going to get into all that in a little bit. Before we do that, Pat, how are you doing today? Doing well, Gino. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, we're talking about Everton, which is, you know, can be a good thing and can be a bad thing. I <laughs> think before the Man U game, it, it was a good thing. And, and, you know, I think some people are now, you know, um, a little – um, you know, worried now going into the season. But again, we'll get into all that. But before we do that, I do want to talk to you. Uh, we did talk to Brian on the last episode about his experience in Florida. We didn't get to talk to you. So I want to talk to you about it. What were your thoughts? What, what happened down there? Because I know you were in a little bit of a different situation than Brian doing a little, couple little different things. Tell us what you did down there and, and kind of your experience. Yeah, so it was great. I'm really glad that the trip actually ended up panning out because only a few days before Arsenal and Inter Milan backed out. So everything was kind of up in the air and thankfully, you know, they were able to sort it all out and it was just a great trip. Uh, We were really waiting on pins and needles, my dad and I about if we were to go or cancel or whatnot. And they weren't really, communicating too well as to if there's going to be two games or one game or if the tournament was even going to go on for that matter. But thankfully it did. I think the day before uh, the Sunday, the first games were supposed to be, they confirmed that there would be the tournament still going on. Um, So we're really happy about that. We flew out Saturday, the day before the first match and that all went well. And there was supposed to be a double header that first Sunday, but it was just one game, just the Everton versus Millionaro's game, which was great. So thankfully it just all worked out. We were really worried about all the money we'd put into it and the teams kept dropping out and, you know, thankfully our prayers were answered and we're, you know, able to make the trip as originally planned. But yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Very hot though. I must say, uh, probably won't be going back to Orlando anytime soon, but all in all, it was a great trip and a very, very positive experience for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I mean, it looks great. Obviously, we saw a lot of the content you guys were putting out there. Um, now, your dad is an Everton fan as well, I'm guessing? Yes. Is yeah. that how you got into Everton? Was through him or did you guys yeah, kind of become fans I think, together? Yeah, I'd, I'd say together. I'd say for you know most American Evertonians, it was around the 2010 World Cup uh, after the match against Algeria. You know, just a little Google search of Tim Howard and Landon Donovan, you know, kind of brought us to Everton. I know others with the 2014 World Cup with Howard's performance get against Belgium as well. I think that uh, further solidified um, our fanhood with Everton. But yeah, I'd say right around the same time, you know, that 2010 World Cup display uh, with Landon and Tim really, really got us on board. Yeah, yeah. See, I have the unfortunate, uh, you know, I have a brother and unfortunately my dad chose my brother's team, who, which is Tottenham. So <laughs> oh. I'm all out on an island over here. And unfortunately, than Liverpool, last, I guess, better than Liverpool. Yeah, that's true. Very true. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I know you guys did a bunch of things. There was a bunch of different events down there. What was your favorite part of kind of the whole experience? I'd say, well, I mean, it's easy to say my favorite part was actually 
seeing the players that I've been following for so long now. But uh, I, I think outside the actual games, uh, the Tim Howard event was really cool. Uh, Darren Griffiths hosted, I guess, through, you know, all of his team and whatnot, just a night, just interviewing uh, Tim Howard, taking questions and whatnot. And they also interviewed um, David France, uh, who is, he has this acclaimed Everton collection and he's just been collecting Everton memorabilia for several, several years now. And it was really interesting hearing him talk about that. And then uh, a few other um, fan forum members joined as well and talked about their, um, you know, progress with expanding Everton's outreach to the States, which I think was the most positive part for me just on the whole trip itself is just the effort that they put into it and how they kept making assurances that, you know, it wouldn't be another 10 years before they came back or however many years it's been uh, since they were last in the States. But it was just the, everything was very well organized, you know, a lot of free giveaways and just the opportunity to, you know, ask questions to Tim and uh, the tailgate as well. Um, big shout out to Everton Orlando supporters over there. They, you know, put on a great showing for Sunday. They did a huge tailgate, which was just great. Just being able to see so many Everton fans in one place. I know for, you know, those in England who uh, go to the matches there, it's probably just a normal occurrence, but being able to just be surrounded by several, you know, Evertonians from all over the country and just being able to chat with them was such a pleasure. And yeah, I'd say all in all, just everything was very well organized and yeah, it was, it was just, you know, trip of a lifetime to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. I know Brian said that, you know, it's, um, you know, and I know when we were talking with Brian, at least we meant, I mentioned, you know, we don't get to see too many Everton fans, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like they're all in central in a centralized area. A lot of the fans in America are Chelsea fans or Man United <laughs> fans or Man City fans, not too yeah. many Everton fans around, but it's, I'm sure it's a good experience to be able to actually share in that, you know, share that love and that passion with other Everton fans and um, definitely a cool experience down there. And, you know, I got to ask, you know, obviously, again, we're here in America. We don't get to see Everton play in person all the time. What was it like getting to watch Everton in person um, and kind of just, you know, be at a game watching a team that you've supported for so long and now finally got the chance to watch? Yeah, it was it was unbelievable, to say the least. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, would have liked to see him at Goodison for sure. Uh, but just being able to see them, you know, great seats as well. There wasn't a bad seat in the stadium simply because the tickets were all general admission. Once all the other games got squashed, they gave the tickets for a massive discount and you were allowed to sit anywhere. So being able to just kind of sit as close as we did, you know, was another great, great part of it as well. Um, I, I know I mentioned a few times in articles and whatnot, but I was supposed to go to Goodison I guess it was last March for the Derby um, for the Everton USA spring break trip. And that got canceled. It literally happened a week before or a week after COVID had started. So we were again, you know, two years running now, we were on pins and needles saying, Oh, do we cancel the trip? Are we going, what's going on? And thankfully we ended up canceling it. My parents and I, an executive decision we made, and we're very glad we did because you know, everything obviously got canceled and the pandemic just went crazy. Um, there on but yeah just being able to you know see them in person uh, we were afraid at first it was going to be just a repeat of last year not be able to see them play it was just the timing was just too crazy but yeah it was you know it, it was 
just such a amazing experience and something I definitely don't take for granted. I last saw them play against DC United. I believe it was back in 2011, 2012. So it wasn't the first time I'd seen them play in person, but I think back then, yeah, you know, I was 10 years younger and uh, definitely didn't have the same fandom as I did for them um, as I do for them now. So yeah, it, it was, it was an unbelievable experience seeing James and uh, you know, Tom Davies, all those guys. It was, it was, it was great. Yeah, and funnily enough, you know, us here in America got to see Hamas before anybody saw Hamas play at Goodison. So, <laughs> true, very true. Um, don't know how that happened, but you know, here and and it may be the only time we ever get to see Hamas play, uh, you know, in person. But um, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But uh, it sounds like you guys had a really good time down there. It sounds like you guys really enjoyed the experience and enjoyed everything uh, that went on. And it sounds like Everton did a fantastic job with everything. And now you're starting to see some more supporters groups pop up around the country. I know, you know, it's unfortunate, but I, there's some Connecticut toffees that um, uh, are starting to group up there. And of course, naturally I used to go to school in Bridgeport. Now they're, Mm. you know, doing a, a, you know, a fan gathering at a bar in Bridgeport. And I'm like, you gotta be (laughs) kidding me. It's happened four years ago, but, um, Mm. but it's definitely cool. And I'm, I'm happy you guys really, really enjoyed your time there. Um, we're going to take a quick break here and then let's get right into the season preview. After that, we're going to talk about transfers, preseason, the season ahead, all of that. Um, and that's coming right up. Let's take a quick break though. All right, we're back and talking about the Everton season preview. A lot to break down here. We'll start with the transfer business, obviously coming in at the end of last season, this was expected to be a huge season, you know, with Carlo Ancelotti expected to continue as the manager, us expected to have, you know, a lot more players brought in. Uh, and then all of a sudden things change. Carlo leaves, Rafa's hired as manager, and all of a sudden Everton seemed to have this problem with money that um, I guess it seems came out of nowhere. It seems like nobody else is dealing with, but here we are. Um, they have brought in some players and they have loan, or loaned and, and, and lost some players. So we'll go through that right now. It hasn't been a lot. There hasn't been a lot of transfer business. Mainly, uh, Damari Gray is the only player that we brought in for uh, you know any amount of money. I believe is 1.7 million pounds from Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, we also brought in Andrus Townsend on a free from Crystal Palace. And Osmir uh, Begovic on a free from Bournemouth. Uh, of course, we get Moise King back from Paris Saint-Germain, um, John Joe Kenny back from Celtic, and Chang Tosun is still on the roster. I don't know where he is. He's here somewhere, <laughs> but he is also returning from his loan from Besiktas. Uh, on the other end, we lost um, – the only player that we actually sold was Bernard. We sold him to uh, Sharjah FC. Um, it's a UAE Arabian Gulf League team. Uh, sold him for – a very minimal fee, I believe. Uh, and then Matthew Pennington left on a free transfer to Shrewsbury, Joshua King on a free transfer to Watford, Theo Walcott on a free transfer. It looks like to Southampton. Uh, Beningami went to Hearts in the Scottish Premier League. Uh, Mohamed Besic now without a club, Yannick Palacio without a club. And then Robin Olsen returned to Roma after his loan with us. So that kind of breaks down what the transfer business has been. Let's talk about the ins first. Of course, you get Moise Keen back, Osmir Begovic, Andres Townsend, Damari Gray, 
what are your thoughts on these transfers? I know you saw them in person a little bit, so we got, we've gotten to see them a little bit. What are your thoughts on these transfers and maybe who can make the biggest impact out of these guys? Yeah, I, I really love all the transfers, honestly. Uh, you know, seeing them play in person, I mean, Begovich, you know, he scored and saved a penalty in the shootout against Millionaris, which was great. I've always liked him since his days at Stoke. I think he's a very solid keeper. And I believe he's only 34, I want to say. And just, you know, having that Premier League experience, nothing against Olsen. But uh, I, I think Begovic is going to play a very big part this season. Uh, he just looked very solid uh, when I saw him in Florida. And I believe he still has a lot in the tank. So I'm excited to have a very sturdy and dependable uh, backup keeper. Um, in terms of Damari Gray, I think he was my favorite to watch when I was in Florida. I think he's very skillful. Um, you know, he's, he's fast, which is something that we desperately need. And I think he can play whether it's on the wing or in the middle. Um, you know, I, I, I think he definitely has a lot of potential considering I believe he's still only 25. He has that Premier League experience with Leicester. So I think I'm most excited about him. And I believe Andrus Townsend, you know, he – I've seen some comparisons with Theo Walcott. I think he's a much better Theo Walcott. And he has been a relatively consistent player for Palace as well uh, over the last few seasons. And I'm really excited about him as well. And I've seen a few interviews with him already, and he's just the most positive player you could ever meet, honestly. He just has a lot of good things to say about the club and about this upcoming season. So I'm really excited about um, him as well. I, I think just adding in those wingers, which is something that, you know, we haven't had in such a long time now, at least consistent wingers. Uh, so it's nice to have Townsend and Gray. Um, and uh, Moyes Keane, I mean, you know, I, I've been a big fan of Moyes ever since he joined. And I'm sure every Evertonian wants him to succeed. And I think as of right now, you know, this, this could be the season for him. I, I know Calvert-Lewin is out with a toe injury, I believe, uh, questionable for the opener against Southampton. Whether Moyes wants to potentially play second fiddle, I, I can't see him and DCL starting up top. I don't know how Rafa's going to sort that out. But, you know, every day you're hearing rumors about James, Moyes. There's just a lot of uncertainty right now. I, I'd love for Moyes to stay. And, you know, he, he seems to be happy just from, you know, some clips of him at training and whatnot. So I'm, I'm really rooting for Moyes and, you know, the other new guys to have a lot of success this season. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in terms of the ends, I think you're right. I think Damari Gray has the potential to be the most explosive of the players that we actually brought in, not just players that, that came back from loan. Um, I think he has, the, you know, the versatility across that front line. He can play anywhere across that, uh, those three. And, you know, I guess he probably could play striker too, although I don't see him really taking, uh, taking on that, more of like a central attacking midi or a, or a winger. Andros Townsend obviously brings the crossing ability, which will be so important once we do get Dominic Calvert-Lewin back, fully fit and ready to go, because obviously he's so good in the air. I think that's something that we definitely lacked. You know, you're not getting that really from a Wobi. You know, Coleman's crossing hasn't ever been really that great. You're really only getting the good crosses put in from Luke, Luca Dean on the left side. So I think that that will act, uh, definitely add a dimension, an extra dimension to this attack. Um, and uh, yeah, Begovic, another experienced player in goal, somebody to push uh, Pickford. And we saw how well Olsen worked out last year. I think Begovic can have the same type of um, effect this year. Uh, in terms of Moise Keane, 
I don't think it's impossible to see him and Calvert-Lewin playing up top together. I think that they're different types of players. Moise Keane likes to get him behind. Calvert-Lewin's more of a target man. And I feel like maybe he could play in a similar situation to where Richarlison was playing when he would play up top, where he can get him behind. Uh, you know, Calvert-Lewin could head balls in over the top. Um, so I think that that may work. But again, with Calvert-Lewin's injury, it could be possible that he plays a very important role here in the first few weeks. So um, I'm definitely excited to see what he can do. Um, and I'm definitely excited to see what, um, you know, what the new players can, you know, provide. And I think Damari Gray will be that guy who stands out out of all of those players. Um, in terms of the guys that were um, sent out, I mean, not really much, more book clearing than anything else, right, I would say. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on, on the guys who went out? Yeah, I mean, Beningame was another player I wish would have worked out. I know he only made a few appearances, but, you know, he's just your classic holding midfielder. I never really saw anything too special from him, but it seems like he's doing well at heart. So, you know, all the best to him. Matthew Pennington, other than that, that one goal against the Reds, you know, he 26, 27 now, I believe, you know, nothing too, too bad to get upset about. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, it's just offloading at this point. Bernard, again, another player, you know, I wish could have worked out. And, uh, you know, it, it's good to get him off the books. I think he was making pretty high wages. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to clear him as well. Um, so hopefully that'll, you know, help out with some future transfers. Yeah, I think, I think the big thing is Bernard, Walcott, and I think Balassi were all making some pretty big wages. Yeah. So clearing those things out. There are some rumors now surrounding, I saw today, Alex Wobi possibly on his way out to Atalanta. Um, wow. <laughs> which would be probably a very good thing for Everton to get him off the books. Um, yeah. and, you know, where there has been rumors about Andre Gomez, which would be good to get him off the books. So we'll see if they can get a, I think that's, you know, we, we mentioned this, this is a big problem that Everton have and, and been a big reason why Everton are in the position that they're in right now. You know, I, as much, as bad as it sounds, uh, selling Hamas might be what this club needs, especially because it doesn't look like he's going to fit into the plans that Rafa Benitez has. So, um, you know, I'd rather him not sit on the bench making what he's making and, you know, with, you know, kind of limiting us in the transfer business. So, um, unfortunately, with a player of his talent, you, you hate to say that, but if Rafa's not going to use him, maybe he can be a guy that, that goes out and opens up some things in the transfer business for us as well. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of that, what still needs to be done with this team to get to a position where you're comfortable by the tra- end of the transfer window with where we're headed at least through January? Denzel Dumfries has to sign. It's it's been going on for far too long. I, I I do the bites for the website, the three days a week bites, the news recaps, and every single day it's a new update with Denzel Dumfries. It's I, I never knew this would be going on for so long, and yeah, you know, I, I I don't think I, I I feel like you know again I'm a big believer in players. I just don't think John Joe Kenny is really what we need. And I don't see him sticking around with the club. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I haven't really heard too many rumors about, you know, offloading him anywhere. I know he didn't have the best season at Celtic, I believe it was, just from, you know, things I read on social media. Um, you know, I mean, Seamus has been playing in preseason. I believe he's 
33 or so now, it would be nice having a very solidified right back, like a player like Dumfries has to offer. I think he had a great Euros tournament. And I don't really like the idea of uh, Godfrey or Holgate playing that right back role. It just doesn't really suit them. And I think having, having a player like Digne, like would just be amazing, especially for Calvert-Lewin. Having those two attacking wingbacks, just being able to cross the ball in, you know, play down the wide end. It's just Coleman, unfortunately, has lost his legs a bit. And I don't feel entirely comfortable heading into the season with him being our only really solidified right back. I think a right back is definitely a priority. In terms of center backs, I, you know, Lewis Gibson just went on loan. I didn't think he was going to have a place in the team this season. I was a little surprised he only went to League One. I thought he could have made a move to the championship. Um, However, I'm still not the biggest fan of Holgate and Keane. You know, I I think we still need to solidify that center back pairing. Um, Other than that, I mean, we have the midfield sorted. We got the wingers in. It's really just, for me, I think, right back situation is Hamas Stanger going and is Moy Stanger going? Because I feel like if, the Moyes and Hamas deals take too long, then we'll just be put in a very bad place, especially you know, a week before the season now. So hopefully where they stay or go, we can get that sorted out as soon as possible. Yeah, I think uh, a couple things, you know, from what you, you mentioned there. I think just, you know, off of what you most recently mentioned, the Moyes Keene situation, I think a lot of that also plays in with what we've seen, you know, to take a little bit more global with Messi, whether he ends up going to uh to um Paris Saint-Germain and um you know cost them a bunch of money that you know they can't bring in Moise Keane and and you know I guess that's a big factor in that again hoping he stays if I had to choose between him and Hamas again I'm sending Hamas out and yep. just purely because it doesn't seem like he fits the fits the build and fits the plan of what Rafa wants to do um in terms of the Denzel Dumfries thing this is something that seems to happen every year right it's Everton's major priority and it gets left to the last minute every single time and it's you know you just want to you know stand there and shake Marcel Brands or shake the board and say (laughs) like just get it done well if you have to pay an extra five million pounds is it really that big of a deal to get in the most important need we've seen it now with Lukaku we've seen it with the striker position and the center attacking midi, midi position over the past few years. Um, now with the right back position, um, with the center back position and the Zuma situation when we thought we might get him back and then we didn't, yeah. it, it feels like every single year this is happening and, and it needs to get done. I mean, think of what this team could look like if, you know, maybe we don't bring in a center back. In my personal opinion, I think right back is a little bit more important than the center back position. I mm-hmm. think we can, you know, it, ride by um on who we have yeah but if you get you know say a Denzel Dumfries type player it doesn't have to be him but a type like him on mm-hmm. one side and Luca Dean on the other side you got Townsend you got Richarlison you got Tamari Gray up the middle or you have Keane and Calvert-Lewin up the middle with you know JPG or or Ducore or Allen in the in those holding midfielders roles mm-hmm. um that's a solid team like that's a solid yeah. build and it, you know, it just seems like that's the the final position and that's the the final role. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the transfer business over the next few weeks. I, I don't think 
they went back to the transfer window ending in sept or like September or whatever, like before September, right? It's not ending at the end of. I, like, I think so. Yeah, I, I I think they changed it this season to end the thirty first, right? I believe. Yeah, let me check in it now. Uh, yeah, the August thirty first. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it'll end August thirty first, which is good. I mean, obviously, another big problem is the fact that the Euros were happening and there's all these international tournaments happening. So it's hard mm-hmm. to, um, you know, get in contact with players and talk to players. Yep. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, you know, again, it's, it's frustrating to say the least, but um, hopefully Everton can, can fix those problems and, and, and clear up some of those holes and get some of these players out to open up some room to bring in, bring in a few guys. Um, let's talk about the preseason a little bit. When we've, you know, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Uh, the one, uh, we had Brian on, but your thoughts on the preseason who stood out, what's the most glaring issue. Uh, what were your thoughts? You know, obviously you were there in person to see the two wins. And then of course the man United loss uh, most recently on Saturday. Yeah. Let's just say I'm glad I didn't wake up in time for the Manchester United game the other day. It was, it was a seven thirty start time over here. I really only caught the better part of the first half and the second half before I shut it off. But I think it was one, nothing when I first turned it on. So I missed, I missed the first goal, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there wasn't really too much to talk about uh, from that game. I, I think in terms of Florida players, I thought that stood out. It was great seeing JPG back. Uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, I mean, you know, like the old saying goes, it's like a new signing. I mean, he's still only, I want to say 25, 26. Yeah. Um, you know, we need that kind of midfield depth. If, if Gomez goes, you know, we still have Decore, Allen, Davies, you know, it's nice having, you know, another midfielder there uh, in JPG and just having some fresh legs off the bench. I, I really think, you know, a lot of fans really want to see him succeed this year. Um, I, you know, I think that Begovic again played well. I think he's going to be a solid, you know, keeper in the cups, hopefully this season. And, you know, Damari Gray, I think is going to be great as well. Townsend, you know, he doesn't play like he's 30. I think he's still, uh, you know, a very active player. Um, you know, he, he still has a lot of life in his legs, which is good. And, you know, hopefully if Calvert-Lewin gets back healthy as soon as possible, that'd be great as well. Richie, I'm not sure when he's come back from the Olympics, but, um, you know, hopefully, you know, once he comes back, he'll fit right in. Seems like he did a decent enough tournament. So, uh, you know, it's probably better off for him being there than us not letting him, not letting him go. I feel like that would upset him a little bit. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I think it's about it. I don't think any single player stood out per se, but I think other than the Manchester United match, it was pretty positive. Um, again, it's it's hard to forget that match. Obviously, it just happened the other day, but I think everything before that match looked looked pretty positive. I'd say. Yeah, I think you know, I think that there were definitely some positives in the preseason. Um, I think that. Like you said, you know, JPG coming back, I think he can be really be a dynamic player in that midfield for us if he can stay healthy. Um, another option, again, lets us get rid of, say, the Fabian Delfts or the Andre Gomez's of the world. Um, I think, and we, we didn't mention this before, but Anthony Gordon could play a role. I don't really know what the deal is with him, whether he is going to be put on loan again or whether he'll stay with the club, but 
could play a role there as a, you know, sub off the bench. And, you know, I think there was a lot of good things from the preseason, but obviously the Manchester United match showed some glaring issues. I mean, listen, let's not get on Pickford, you know, was his first game back, you know, I'm sure he hasn't had too much training, you know, so won't get on Pickford, the center backs, that's going to be an issue that I think, um, I think it will be resolved. Again, I, I don't, I think Ben Godfrey is your solidified, one of your solidified center backs. It becomes the other yeah. position, which is the issue. Um, I would have thought Keane would probably still hold that position. Holgate's kind of regressed since that season two years ago where he showed so much and then got injured at the end of the season. Hasn't really mm-hmm. shown too much. Um, but again, I mean, I think uh, in terms of the Man United loss, I don't read into it too much. You know, you're missing Richarlison. You're missing Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, you're missing some of these key players who um, still are not back with the team. And um, that's understandable. It's understandable that, that there's going to be some issues, of course, implementing a system and whatnot. Moise Keane wasn't available. I think that JPG wasn't available. I think there was some COVID contact issues as well. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not reading too much into it in terms of um, the loss. Uh, it doesn't really worry me too much, I guess, but it's, um, you know, Obviously, if it happens again on Saturday against Southampton, then I'll be a little bit worried. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where um, where that takes us, and we'll get into that in a little bit as well. Let's start. Let's take a look at the season now. Um, you know, preview the season. Let's look at that start. Obviously, Everton will have to handle the start without some of its key players, namely Richarlison. Probably won't be expected back until after, I guess, the first international break or whatever it is there with Brazil. Um, so in your opinion, how do you think Everton will handle this start without its key players, especially if per se Dominic Calvert-Lewin is out for an extended period of time with this, with this toe injury? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely glad that Townsend and Gray are signed up. That helps with our winger depth in terms of Richarlison missing out and Keen as well. Like you mentioned, if, if he were to play in that Richarlison role, I think, you know, keeping him around be crucial. And if Hamas is still around at that point too, which I believe he would be. Uh, I, I think having him as well is also very crucial. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know that uh, Southampton just recently sold Danny Yangs, who, um, you know, I, I thought he had a great season last year. So it's, I guess it's good news heading into that match that they won't have their, you know, one of their better goal scorers last few seasons. And yeah, I, I think that, I'm not too worried about the squad. I think our midfield is healthy. I, I think, like you said, there's still question marks with the center back pairings, but I'm not too worried about Southampton being the first match. I do not. If we do lose, you know, Everton fans on Twitter will be calling for Rafa out, obviously, uh, which it, it's bound to happen. It, even if he wins, you know, his first 10 games, they'll still call for Rafa out the first time he loses. It's just how our fan base can be sometimes, but, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm not super worried about Saints. I I think we should be able to get the job done, and hopefully the supporters can just back Rafa. Even if we do lose, you know, how many times we lost the first match of the season before? It. it I don't think we're going to have that same stretch of uh, the beginning of the season we did last year with Carlo. But you know, I, I think as long as we back back the manager and you know just support the players with a Pat Goodison too. I think that'll be helpful as well. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic. 
Yeah, and it's a favorable start in terms of what Everton could have hoped for with Southampton, Leeds, Brighton, Burnley, Aston Villa, which will be a difficult game, I'm sure. Uh, Norwich City is the first six games, and then you get Man United. Um, West Ham, which will be two difficult games, and then Watford and Wolves before a little bit of a difficult stretch there in November. Um, So it is a favorable start. I think, you know, again, like you said, it's – if they don't show effort or fight on Saturday, I think Everton fans will already be on edge with Rafa. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that at least they do that even in a loss. Um, yeah. You did mention the fans back in the stands. How much do you think that will help or hinder uh, this Everton team over the course of this season? Obviously, Goodison can be a pretty toxic place <laughs> at times. I, I can only imagine going – one nil down in the first 10 minutes on Saturday. It's just, it's just embedded in my mind. We've, we've, we've seen it happen way too much. And I, I'm, I'm sure the Evertonians miss booing the team. Um, but I, I, I think, I think in all honesty, the players will definitely get a added boost. I mean, it's only helped them so many times in the past. So uh, I, I, I think, I think it's great that fans are able to go back again and uh, you know, hopefully they can cheer with a few boos, uh, the team onto a big three points first match of the season. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, it's um, – yeah, I mean, the fan situation, it's a good thing because a lot of times, you know, when with fans, especially at Goodison, you know, there is a there's, – there's a good Goodison and there's a bad Goodison. And the good Goodison <laughs> is often a, a, a big roar. It's, it's pushing the team on. It's – you know, if there is a fight in this team, Goodison will back them. And it will, be, it will be loud. It will be pushing them forward, especially in those final minutes if they need a goal uh, to take the win or to tie things up or whatever. Um, but bad Goodison is bad Goodison. And bad Goodison is going to be awful this year if uh, the team does not show fight. So, um, you, know, it's, I mean, you know, it messes with these guys' heads. And I think you saw it last season. Some players, for example, Tom Davies, who um, had solid performances last season, maybe the Everton crowd hindered it and was a mental factor for him. So, Mm -hmm. um, especially for these younger guys, you know, who knows what JPG is going to be like, you know, if he, you know, hinders and um, or or is at fault for something and then the crowd kind of gets on him, you know, we haven't seen him yet with that, uh, you know, he's only played a game and a half for us. So um, we'll see uh, what really what 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 happens with the crowd but it is good to have fans back in the stands so the, the overall point is that it is good to have fans back in the stands um and we're hoping that we give them something good to root for on uh on on saturday if you had to choose one player who you think can make a leap from being you know maybe a player that didn't stand out last year or a player that was average last year and make it to or or maybe even a player that didn't play last year um and make it to um, you know, being a standout player this year, who would you choose? That's a good one. I mean, just just for the comeback story, I'll I'll, I'll say JPG. I, I think I think he's looked good in preseason so far, and hopefully, the worst of his injuries are behind him. Um, you know, I, I think when we first signed him, he seemed like a really solid player, just stat wise. I know he played in Germany. I wasn't too familiar with him, as I'm sure not a lot of fans were, but. I, I think that, you know, just having that depth, I know Allen had a few injuries last year and Ducore as well. And 
I, I think that JPG is my player to watch for sure. I, I think he, I, I think you had mentioned he's a player or he's a midfielder that goes forward as well, which is something that, you know, Decor, I mean, Decore does pretty often, Allen, not so much, but JPG, I mean, he, I, I saw it in Florida. He, he likes to move the ball forward, which is something I think the team is desperately lacking. And just being able to have a player like that in the middle of the field, uh, just moving the ball forward, I think is very crucial. Um, and yeah, I, I'd, I'd say in terms of I could pick one, I, I'd say it's JPG. I, I think he's going to play a very big role with the team this season. You know, hopefully stays healthy, knock on wood for sure. Um, but I, I'd say he's, he's my pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm telling you right now, we're 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 nearing towards being a JPG fan podcast, uh, <laughs> honestly, because um, I do love what he's done. He's like you said, very dynamic player. Um, he just brings something. And, and listen, I don't know this for sure, but on FIFA, when he was coming from Mines, he had a really good long shot. So we'll see if that uh, if that transfers to uh, <laughs> to Everton. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think he can definitely be a player. Of course, I think another player that stands out as someone who could be important would be Moise Keane. I think that's mm-hmm. a player who can make a difference in this team. Um, we'll see how he performs. Um, and then I think, um, you know, if I'm naming a player that definitely will be on the team, I think Andros Townsend could play a really big factor in this team. I think he could be a standout player. He's not your signing that you're looking at and you're saying, wow, this guy's going to come out and be dynamic and be a game changer. But I think he can be that with the ability to cross. I mean, we've seen a lot of statistics over the course of the past few weeks and past month or so uh, since he's been signed um, about his crossing ability. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. Crystal Palace fans have even said, you know, Townsend would add 200 assists if Christian Benteke wasn't the guy receiving (laughs) passes on the other end. So only imagine what Dominic Calvert-Lewin can do. So I'm excited to see that and excited to see that partnership and see how it blossoms over the course of the season. And if we can get a right back in, I think that just adds to the dynamic ability of Townsend and what he can add to the team. Because we've also seen he's not only a guy who's going to cross the ball, he can cut inside and whip the ball in on that left foot, Mm -hmm. which could almost did add to a goal, um, you know, in this season. It almost did uh, in Florida. So let's uh, go for a little predictions here. Where do you think Everton finish in the table in the FA Cup and in the League Cup? Where, where are we expecting Ooh. in the table? Where do you think we get in the FA Cup? And where do you, you know, where, what, what round do we get in the League Cup? If, if you'd asked me this a few weeks ago, my answers would have been much more positive. I, <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel a little pessimistic about the season. I just think that a lot of clubs have been making really good signings. And I feel like the Townsend and Gray deals were great at the time I feel like since then Everton are kind of in a standstill and I feel like the other teams around us are just getting better and better and other than transfer rumors we haven't really been doing too much so that's the one thing that worries me I I still think we have a solid squad I'm just a little concerned about the lack of transfer activity right now I'd say uh, my prediction in terms of just the league I would say eighth and I really don't want to say eighth. I want to say 10th, but I'm going to lock in eighth. In terms of the League Cup, I'll go quarters and FA Cup. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go. This is so tough. I'll, I'll go. I'll go <laughs> semis. I'll go semis, I guess. I'll go with. 
We might not have the best league standings, but I think we'll play well in the cup. I'll, that's going to be my prediction for the season. I think we're going to play <laughs> much better in the cups than the league. I, I think I, I think that's that's what I'm going for this season. It hasn't worked in the past, but this is the year. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think um, honestly, I'm I'm right about the same as you. There's again. Two weeks ago, you asked me this. I'm probably feeling a lot more confident than um, right now. Just again, I'm not throwing too much weight into the man you lost, but it is a little bit wearing how bad we, badly we were beat. So yeah. that is the one. That is the one thing. But um, I, I, you know, I think around eighth, seventh, or eighth probably is, you know, a little bit wishful thinking. But that's where I'm going to go with like you. Um, I was going to say quarters for the League Cup as well, and I'm I'm not even going to – the FA Cup, I'm not even sure. I feel like we get one of those bad draws in the fourth round or something like yeah. that. Yeah. The fourth round in January, and mm. things aren't looking good. And then, of course, Rafa's probably sacked a week ago. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, that's what I'm going to guess. Now, a little bit easier, I guess you could say, what would be a success for Everton this season and what would be a failure for Everton this season? Uh, I, I know we've been saying it for so long, but just getting back into Europe would be so huge. I, I, I just don't see it happening. I, I think if, if I could change my league prediction back, I'd probably change it to like 10th, honestly. I, I, I just don't think, uh, unless we make a few signings before the tape or sorry, before the transfer window ends, you know, bringing a right back in. If, if we bring in Dumfries, I would say at eight, if we don't make a right back signing or any other kind of signings of players that we've been linked to for months now, I would say 10th, honestly. Um, I, again, I, so I, I think, yeah, best case scenario, if we make Europa league, that'd be great. Uh, if we finish lower than 10th, and don't even get close to the league or FA Cup, then I'd say that'd be worst case scenario for sure. I, I, I'm not too sure what's been like our worst league standing in the past few years, but I'd say any lower than 10th would be, yeah, be pretty bad. Yeah. I'm, uh, similar. I, I think that just making the Europa League would be an absolutely huge success for Everton at the current standing. I think that's where I would be. Um, with success being in the you know being in the Europa League and you know not maybe not winning the FA Cup or League Cup but going deep in those tournaments um, mm-hmm. the failure of course would be you know a bad start to the season you know end up like you said below 10th and I, I mean I even think that in a lot of ways that probably 10th is still going to be a little bit of a failure um, mm-hmm. and I think that if we are out of like the league cup by, you know, similarly to how we have been by, you know, November because we (laughs) lost to Norwich city or something like that. Um, You know, I think worst case scenario is we're looking at a Rafa sacking by December and, you know, which we say every, I've done this podcast, I think the last (laughs) four and every single season, the failure is always ending in a sacking. And it's like, Yeah, we, I mean, obviously a failure would be a sack, a sacking of your manager for any team, but it's like more realistic for Everton and it feels like for most Definitely. other other squads. And, and, you know, so it's it's going to be interesting. Hopefully Southampton brings some joy and some positivity to, to our, um, you know, to, uh, you know, our thought process here. We're going to get into that preview in a little bit, but let's take a quick break first and we'll come back with uh, the Southampton preview. 
All right, we're back and we're talking Southampton. Of course, this first game of the season, um, you know, we have talked about it a little bit, but just a little breakdown on Southampton. They finished 15th last season on 43 points. Um, they had good stretches last year, really good stretches, um, but they also had some, some bad stretches, a bad end of the season, and I think uh, a really bad loss to Leicester. I think it was the 9 nothing loss where they got two red cards. Um, so, uh, they, they, their season was very up and down and I'm sure very emotionally draining for those Southampton fans. Um, I think the big thing for them is that they lost Danny Ings to Aston Villa very recently. That looks like they're replacing him with a, um, a, uh, player from, uh, Blackburn, whose name, I think it's Adam something. Um, yeah, Adam Armstrong. It looks like he's going mm. to be the replacement for Danny Ings. Um, but uh, as of right now, still no replacement officially. Uh, so that's going to be a big loss for them because he was their top goal scorer in both the League Cup and the, the FA, all the Cups overall and in the league specifically. Um, so uh, that's a big loss for them. First question to you, in your opinion, how does Everton line up for this uh, for this match? Do you feel like, I mean, obviously it, a lot of it depends on who's available, but if everybody is available, let's say, let's say everybody is available, what is your, your ideal lineup for Everton in this match? Are we including Richarlison or are we just opting that? Since no, 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 no. Richarlison is, I, I, would, I would imagine, is 100% not available. Okay, I mean, okay. I would imagine it. he has to go on vacation. He didn't even take a break yeah. after, after <laughs> yeah. the... the um, Copa America so yeah okay just want to make sure I, I'd say if, if Trevor Lewin is healthy definitely him up top I'd say Damari Gray on the right I'd like to think Moise Keane on the left I, I'm i pretty sure he played there yeah, for he PSG did. a few times right on the way and he, I, he I played think, there for Juventus as well oh uh, okay yeah I, I could see him playing on the left I mean he's been getting you know a lot of time in preseason so Seems like he's part of Rafa's plans, and I, I think having that front three would be pretty solid. Townsend off the bench, hopefully Gordon as well, uh, if, if he if he's still around at that point. I think that would be a pretty solid front three. Um, again, if DCL is out, put Moise Keane up top, maybe Townsend on the left or Gordon or whatnot, uh, but hopefully DCL is healthy. Um, I'd say midfield-wise, Ducore, Allen, JPG. Um, and in the back, Coleman, Godfrey, Dini on the left, obviously. And then in terms of the pairing, I want to say Keen. I, I don't know why. Just, I, I think he makes the most sense, uh, you know, partnered up with, with Godfrey. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'd be similar to kind of what we've been seeing in preseason. Uh, Again, oh, I can't. I forgot Hamas. I don't know how you forget Hamas. Sorry. If 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 Hamas is fit and hasn't left at that point, then I, I would see him um, up front with Moy slash DCL, and then he probably replace Townsend on the wing if Demar is playing on the other side. But I think other than that, that's 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 what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm not sure. The Hamas situation is very confusing for me because it just doesn't yeah. even look like Rafa wants to play him. So I'm yeah. going to go with he's probably not in the lineup this weekend. Um, unfortunately, I'm sure he'll be on the bench, but um, I, mm. I don't know if he's going to be used. Um, I yeah. think I've seen people you know, mention that, that Rafa probably won't use him for the, you know, other than the off chance that they need a goal late. Mm -hmm. um, I would guess if DCL is healthy, I, I can't see a reason why he wouldn't start 
Andres Townsend on the right-hand side. I think that he just adds so much in terms of a connection with DCL and just being able to cross the ball into the box. I feel like that's so necessary to have that from both sides. So I think you're going to look at Townsend on the right, if DCL is healthy up top. If not, of course, Moise Keen. Um, I think you might be able to even see – I don't know. I, I don't know if a four-two-three-one is something that Rafa is, is typically using. I think if you could – you maybe go with, you know, if we start from the back, you obviously got Pickford and goal, then Coleman, Godfrey, I agree, Keen pairing in the middle, um, and then Dean on the left, uh, Dean on the left. And then I think the two midfielders will probably be a comp. It will be Allen and either Ducore or, or JPG, in my opinion, if, if mm-hmm. they're both healthy. Um, I would go with JPG. I feel like he advances the ball a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. It allows Allen to kind of be in that sweeping kind of defensive midfielder where he can just go and attack and, and, and just yeah. kind of make the tackles. Mm-hmm. And if there is, it is the three and then the one, I would say Townsend on the right. I would try Damari Gray in the middle probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then put, um, you know, I would put Moise Keen on the left. The problem is that in that, in that four, two, three, one, the defensive responsibilities are significantly more than in a four three three, so yeah. um, that's where I would worry that he probably wouldn't put him there. So mm-hmm. maybe we see a Wobi on the left, unfortunately, oh, no. or, or Anthony Gordon. But I don't think Anthony. I, I would think in that situation it probably would be a Wobi, and then Dominic Albert Loon up top. Um, that's unless, of course, they move Damari Gray to the left, and then they put thomas or they go with a three-man midfield and they just go those three up top and, and the four through three i think there's a couple different options but i think they'll probably i don't know i, I feel like a four two three one could work if they um i don't know it, it's it's hard to tell but um I, I think you know i i think you're right though i think it's very similar to some of the things we've seen in preseason i don't think you're going to see too much in terms of the players um i think townsend will have a big role and um, hopefully DCL is healthy, but I- I'm thinking maybe, maybe a four, two, three, one, I'm going to be optimistic on that. And that's, what I'm going to say what they're going to do. So <laughs> no matter what, make sure you have your tweet notifications on for Everton when the lineup gets announced, because the replies on there will be, will be uh, pretty amazing. As you may know, they the fans on there, whenever the lineup gets released, <laughs> they like to voice their opinions. will be, that'll be a fun place to be uh, before the match. So um, I'm excited to see the, the storm on there, whether it be good or bad, but knowing us, probably bad. Yeah, most likely probably bad. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, going into this game, to win this game, what do Everton have to do? I, I, I'd say, I mean, just playing in front of the fans will hopefully help them. Uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, that's, that's huge. And I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not expecting us to be world beaters the first first week. I, I think that, you know, with players being injured, you know, COVID coming back from tournaments and whatnot, I'm expecting it'll take a little bit of time for us to mesh and kind of see what works and what doesn't. I think just, I, I think the midfield is going to be huge. I'm not too sure what kind of game Southampton plays. I, I'm, I believe Shea Adams is still around. I think he played really well last season up top with Ings. Mm-hmm. I don't know how effective he's going to be uh, without his partner there. Um, I know that um, – who's the midfielder for them? I can't think of his name. Lamina? 
No, uh, Ward Prowse. Ward Prowse. Ward Prowse. Yeah. Okay. Ward Prowse. I, I I feel like he's he's probably burned us a few times in the past, along with Ings. But um, I I think containing him, he seems to be one of our most creative players. Uh, so you know, having Allen in there and uh, JPG slash Decore, uh, I think a lot of the attack comes out of Ward Prowse. Uh, mm-hmm. So being able to kind of shut him down, be good, and you know, just just relying on Gray slash Townsend to provide that pace on the wing that we missed last season uh I, I think would be crucial as well hopefully Keen, if he does play gets off to a good start scoring a goal I, I think that'd be great for his confidence as well I, I know you know he scored in preseason um I believe in Florida but you know just having him you know hit off the bat early on in the season especially with all the rumors around his future as well that'd be great for him and the team and yeah I, I, I think uh you know, just, you know, having, having those new players come in, I don't think it's going to be a miracle overnight, but I think we're going to see a lot of good things on Saturday and I'm excited to, you know, see, see what kind of team we put out and, and, and see how we can perform, especially at Goodison. Yeah. And, and, and I forgot, they like to work the ball up the wings. I'm pretty sure. So I think the four, two, three, one might maybe a little bit more effective just to keep those wingers and those wingbacks back. Cause they have Kyle Walker Peters mm. on the one end. Um, which he'll be bombing down that sideline. Of course, Theo Walcott will probably score, and oh, um, no. he'll probably that'll he'll probably have the winner. Um, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I think the the, the issue with the Townsend um, or with with DCL in the middle is going to be the fact that um, they have two pretty big center backs, and I'm pretty sure it's Bednarak and and yep. Vestigard. So they're going to probably take some responsibility up there, which is why, again, I think having a guy like Damari Gray who can be dynamic and, and make runs around, you know, him and, and you know, around DCL and kind of get those yeah. center backs to think and pull those center backs out might be mm-hmm. something that could really work there. Or if we do go with the two strikers up top, you know, just having just something to pull one of those center backs off DCL would be very helpful because I think that's a very good point. I think that's going to be a problem for them. Um, again, I think the key relies on being able to, um, you know, again, that's, I think the key right there is, is just being able to pull those center backs off of DCL. If DCL is the guy who's playing and, and kind of, you know, break down that back line. And then of course, control Che Adams is going to be a big thing um, and controlling that midfield. Um, you've got Nathan Redmond, Theo Walcott, James Ward Prowse, all these players who are, you know, maybe not the most dynamic players in a typical situation, but like you said, I don't expect us to be world beaters coming out of the gate here. I expect yeah. it's going to be a tough match. So mm-hmm. um, I think those players are going to play key roles um, in creating for them. Um, and I think they have um, – their striker is going to be, I believe, with Danny Ings out and nobody currently in. I think it's going to be Shane Long will probably be up top. Um, so – and I think he's – he's caused some issues for us in the past, but um, I, I feel like he has, I'm surprised he's still around, but I don't know. I, my, I feel like I've heard that name too much in the past. Yeah. In my head. And, and, um, mm-hmm. Apo, um, I think is a player who's caused this issue. I just think that the, the midfield core, the players behind Shane Long and in front of that defense are going yeah. to cause us some issues there. And I feel like mm-hmm. we can't lose the midfield battle if we want to, uh, if we want to, we, we can't lose the midfield battle and we got to find a way to break down that low block that they should, that they'll surely have. If we put some pressure on. So um, yep. that's 
honestly, you know, the key to probably almost every victory. And <laughs> most of the times we play uh, these lower level teams, breaking down the low block is something that is so important yeah. and something that we fail to do every single time. Mm-hmm. Will it change? Who knows? But um, we will see. We'll wrap it up right now. Predictions for Saturday. I'm going to go one nothing win. I, I think it's going to be not the most exciting match we've ever seen, but I, I'm, I'm going for one nil. I, I, I think that Danny Ings' departure is really big for Southampton, and I, I just don't know how well Che Adams will play with another partner up top. I'm sure he played a few times with Long or whoever last season, but uh, I, I think he's going to struggle up top. Um, and I, I do think Everton's midfield is going to come out uh, very strong and hopefully maintain uh, the control of the ball pretty well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to go with one nothing win, and I'm going to go with Damari Gray with the goal. Oh, I don't know what go. time or what half. <laughs> I don't know what time or what half. But I, it was either him or Townsend. I don't even know if Gray is going to start, let alone come out as a sub, but I'm going to go with one nothing win, Damari Gray. Yeah, I think um... – Again, I think JPG, I, I don't know, my head right now, I'm seeing JPG as a guy who can help control that midfield and move the ball through the midfield. So dynamic, he's so big. So I feel like mm-hmm. that is the reason I would start him if he was healthy, but we'll see. I also, again, same wavelength here. Pessimistic me says one nothing to Southampton with Theo, Theo Walcott scoring <laughs> the game winner in the 87th minute. <laughs> Realistic me, I'm going to try and be a little optimistic. I'm going to say one nothing as well. I think that it's going to be a hard-fought game. I don't think Everton score. I think Everton either score in the first 15 minutes or in the last 15 minutes. I don't think they score anywhere in between. I don't think. Yeah. I think it's going to be score in the first 15 minutes, and it's going to be a battle through the rest of the game, or it's mm-hmm. going to be a battle through the first part of the game, score the, in the last 15 minutes, and then see the win out. I, I think um, – Again, optimistic me is saying that. Pessimistic <laughs> me wants to say it's a loss. But new season, you know, I'm going to try and try and be a little better with that. So yep. we'll see how it plays out. It is an exciting time. Everton is back. Premier League football is back. I'm excited for it, even though the Man United loss put a little damper on things. I'm excited <laughs> for it. I'm ready to go. I probably won't feel this way for the next episode. So enjoy it while it lasts. Um, <laughs> Pat, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's, it's been a pleasure talking to you about this. Of course, yeah. Thank you for having me. It was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and talking to you guys out there, thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you following. Uh, we're going back to weekly now. It will be every week uh, from here on out as the season goes on, whether we want to or not, because of how Everton play week in and week out. We will be here. We will either be your therapy session or we will be your <laughs> celebration. Um, whatever it may be. Hopefully it's the latter, but we'll see. Uh, Again, thank you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.